0: in a time that is volatile. Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the heart-centered leadership podcast. And I recently came across a very interesting gentleman from London, England, that I want to tell you a little bit about today. His name is Tom Lawrence, and he has authored a book called Manager to Leader. And it's all about thought leadership. And I even love his website, it's highly So Tom's schooling is very, very interesting. He went to Liverpool Community College, where he obtained a mechanical engineering certificate. And then he went on to John Moore's University in Liverpool to get his honors in mechanical engineering. And then he furthered his academic pursuits by getting his master's degree at the University of Manchester in Asset Management and Maintenance Engineering. So he has been a production manager for Scott Rail. He's been a fleet performance manager at Siemens Rail Systems. He's also worked as an engineering technical manager for Greater Anglia in the UK. And now he is a new author, but he also is a senior project manager at SNC Lavalin, which is a rail and transit company in London, UK. So Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So it's very very exciting and fun to be talking to you in london ontario canada and there you are across the pond in london uk the beauty of technology
1: yeah it's it's like you're right it's like you're, you're in the same room as me
0: it sounds so good i am i'm delighted our paths have crossed through a mutual uh connection on linkedin I have been reading your book that you sent, and if you're ready, I I would love to dive into some leadership questions. Yep. Now, I know there's got to be a story. So you've had a very interesting trajectory academically and also with your career. Tell us how you kind of fostered and learned the difference between being a manager and being a leader.
1: Um, well, it sort of it started really uh, before I became a, a manager or in an, any leadership position. Uh, it started when I was about sixteen when I started my apprenticeship in engineering, and my first ever supervisor was a very, very tough um, dictatorship style of, of, of a manager, and at that time I thought this must just be the way things are in, in the world of work. You just, you get these managers where, you know, they're really, really tough on you unless you do some, you know, unless you do an amazing job, you know, they'll always put you down and they'll always be tough on you. Um, so I thought when I, when I, if I, if I ever got into a management position, I would have to be like that. But then when I got into a management position, when I was about 25, um. I realized no, you don't have to be like that at all. In fact, you need to be the exact opposite. But the managers that I was working with at the time were like that still. So what, what I like to call it is it's like a very old school style of management where it's, you know, they tell you you tell you you tell your people what to do, and then you go and do it, basically. So it's like a dictatorship style. Whereas leadership is not about that at all. Leadership is about ser- service, it's about serving your people. Um, not the people serving the leader. And that's when when I got my first leadership position and I started reading up on, on leadership and, and learning about it. Like I started with like John Maxwell books and um, I learned about Simon Sinek as well. So I was reading his books uh, in about 2008, 2009, this was. And I just learned that this is not how leadership's about, but I could still see all around me. And even when I went up to Scotland, And then down here in London is that that was the style of leadership. So I thought to myself in about 2015, why don't I write about it? And why don't I sort of document how I'm seeing things and see if things change? And then in about 2019, I decided, well, I'm going to all this stuff that I've written about, about myself, about the managers that I've worked with. uh, I'm going to put this into a book and and, and I'm going to share it with people because I want to help people. Uh, realize that to be a leader you don't have to be that style you don't have to be a dictator you need to be a a person of service and you need to serve your people so that's my sort of that that's my my just cause is you know I can see a world where our leaders create environments uh, that focuses on people to help them to learn to lead to grow and to increase their influence for the good of us. So that's that's the the just cause that I'm trying to advance with my book, with my website, and with all and the other materials that I'm I'm creating at the moment. So that's sort of where I where I came from was a a, a position of a dictatorship, and then learning about what leadership actually was and seeing it all around me that I I need to do something to change this. I need to I can't just let this carry on the way it's going. And I thought by writing a book would be would be one of the first things I could do to sort of make that change happen.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I love about that. I'm sitting here, and my, my smile is literally from ear to ear. <laughs> I love talking about heart-centered leadership, and I agree with you. Anybody can be a leader. You don't have to have stature or title. And when we lean into that servant leadership, just like you talked about, I think it affords us an opportunity to lead with heart. And I think the dictatorship style is slowly starting to lessen as more leaders, especially with COVID are starting to recognize we all have an opportunity to show our emotion on our sleeve. We can be, we can be vulnerable. We can lean into courage and I'm happy that you took your own growth and development and notes and turned it into a book and i'm excited for us to talk about that my next leadership question tom i ask all of my guests what imperfections do you feel that you bring to your heart-centered leadership
1: um well i think when you mentioned vulnerability um, I, I see with 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 the the sort of dictatorship style I was talking about before, it, it's, and and the tough leadership style. You can't show weakness. You can't show um, that you, you you've got to know everything. You can't show that you don't know something. So if someone asks you a question, you've you've either got to know the answer or you've got to wing it. Whereas with me, I'm absolutely fine with saying I don't know something I, or I, I'm absolutely, fi- absolutely fine by saying to my, my team or my or my people I don't know something um, I need help with this and I'll raise my hand and say can someone help me with this even though I'm in the leadership position and people, you know, not everyone I, th- I, think, I think you're right, I think it is that the dictatorship style is easing down and, and less and less people are being like that but I think my imperfection is I don't mind. And I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable with, with saying to people, you know, I need your help. Can, can you help me please? Or if someone needs my help, you know, I'm, I'm always there for them. Um, and I think that's what's with being like that, that having that style of leadership, showing your vulnerability is what builds trust with people. You know, you're not trying to put on a persona. You're not trying to be someone else. You're being yourself which is exactly what leadership is. It's about who you are. It's not what you are or your position or your title or anything like that. It, it's who you are from within. And it's how you were brought up and it's what you believe in. And, and, and th- by showing your vulnerability, that is what builds trust with people. That's what builds stronger relationships with people. And that's what helps you to increase your influence with people. Because, you know, basically you're saying, yeah, I'm in the leadership position, but I'm exactly like you me and you are exactly the same you can help me i can help you and that's what and that's what i think i bring that, that's my imperfection that i bring to to the table as being in a leadership position
0: well when i think about the essential qualities that a great leader can have i think when they have clarity and a developed vision that they share that needs to be accomplished it leads into their ability to share their decisiveness and that mm-hmm. they're that they're committed to lead their team i think there's room for courage and i think it gets balanced out with passion and humility so if i think about heart centered leadership and i know i created a document earlier this year with 20 qualities that i feel really lend to heart centered leadership. And I don't believe any one leader can have all 20 going at the same time, but it's, it's an evolving presence. And like you said, that self audit and self awareness is so mindful to our own growth and and ongoing development as a leader. What do you think my next question would be your top three servant, heart-centered qualities that you bring to your leadership based on the positions you've had? Um, I'm going to say maybe exposures to different leaders or mentors that you've had in your life. What would be your top three that you think you possess and execute right now?
1: Well, my number one is And and this is something I work on every single day, and something that I pay a lot of attention to is leading by example. You know, we want what what, as a leader, we want our people to follow us because they want to, not because they have to, because of the position you're in. And but leading by example is what I believe is what inspires our people. Because if if you say to someone, "I'm going to do," this i'm going to do a b and c by wednesday and you don't do it then that sort of that that will create distrust that will break the trust between you and and your team member whereas if you if you always follow through on your promises and you lead from the front hence leading by example i think that will inspire your people to do the same and and i have seen that in in some of the teams that i've led uh in the in the in the role that I'm in now, and also in my previous roles working in Scotland and in and in Liverpool, um, so my number one principle leadership quality or principle would definitely be leading by example, um, and my next my, my second leadership quality um, would be increasing my influence, and sort of that that sort of ties in with leading by example because leadership basically is influence. And the, the the sort of the best way to increase your influence is to, as I say, is, is to build trust and create a strong relationship with, you, with with your team. And when I say with your team, I mean a strong relationship with each individual. Um, You've got to, you know, you've got to focus when you're building relationships, you've got to focus on the person. And my third quality would be listening. I think a leader, Jordan, when I have my one-to-ones with my team, um, I, I always have this sort of ratio of I listen 80% of the time and I talk 20% of the time. And the reason for that is because I want to, I want to listen to understand. I don't want to listen to reply or respond, whereas a lot of leaders who I've worked with and still work with um, listen to reply so what happens when you don't when you listen to reply is you don't fully listen you don't fully understand what's being said and you interrupt because you want to get your points across before the person you're speaking with gets their points across whereas if you listen to understand um, then they feel heard and it's, it's the feeling that they get sometimes they might not remember what you say or what you've what you've done but they'll remember how they felt and that's that's the big, that's the big key for me is that's another way of, of building trust and building a strong relationship with, with the people who you lead.
0: Well, and, and you made such a good point in your top three qualities and listening to understand and not to process to respond. I think that's a skill that we have to work on daily to hone and evolve. And mm it leads me nicely into my next question. So you've authored a book, Manager to Leader, How to Become a Highly Effective Leader. So you shared a little bit that you've been taking notes along the way in your own career. So give us some some backstory to why you felt you were ready to release this to the world. And this has been a passion project for you. So, share with us some highlights of the book or just why you decided now was the time.
1: Well, I decided uh, that now was the time. Actually it was in 2019. Uh, it was in February, 2019. Cause I just, I, I just started this new job with SNC Lavelin as a, as a senior project manager, because the job I had before when I was engineering technical manager, it, it didn't end very well. Things weren't going very well. And, um, the engineering director who was working there, he was leaving and a few people were leaving and they, saw, they kind of saw me and a few others as like scapegoats. So before it happened, before it all, everything crashed, I, uh, I got out of there quite quickly. So that was like a, a catalyst for me to say, well, look, I want to I wanna do something to help people n- not get in the same position as me. So in February 2019, when I, I just started my new job, it just, it was just, it was on my mind for like ever since I'd left that other job a few months earlier. And I just, it, it was like, it was like, it was bursting out of me and I thought, no, I've got to do it now. I've got, I've got to, so I've got to start working on, on putting this book together. And then as soon as it's finished, I need to, I need to send it out because I I want people to, to understand the position I've been in and learn from um, my experiences and, and also from my mistakes so that um, anyone who's in in a posi- similar position to me can, you know, not go through the same things if you know what I mean. And a few things within the book is the reason it's called Manager to Leader is because a lot of a lot of people when they get the management position, they see right. I'm in a manager's position now. I'm a leader. It's the, it's the position that makes the leader, and which which is it's not. You know, anyone can be a leader. You can be a leader from and um, being a member of the team, you can be a leader from even lower than a member of the, of the team. Anyone can be a leader. We can all influence. It's not the position that makes the the, the leader. And I want to I help managers realise that, that, you know, w- once you get to management position, that's it, your, your personal growth doesn't stop. It needs to carry on. In fact, it needs, to, it, it needs to increase because you're now in charge of people. You have people as your responsibility. Your business is no longer engineering or, or or whatever industry you're in. Your business is people, so you need to learn how to how how to lead and how to in, influence people. So if you were an amazing, like I have worked with some amazing engineers, but when they get into the management position, they can't do the job, but they promote the best engineers because they think you know if they if they're a good engineer then they'll be a good leader but it's i mean an engineer and a leader is is completely different role and it's a completely different business as well even though it's in you're in the same job in the same company it's like two different businesses and people don't realize that and that's that's what i want i want this book and my website and other the other things that i'm i'm going to be working on to to help people realize that so That when they get into the leadership position or the management position, you know, you need to work on becoming a leader and you need your people to follow you because they want to, not because they have to, because you're in the the manager's position or the supervisor's position.
0: It's such an important conversation and I'm so excited that you wrote the book on this because being highly effective as a leader when you're in a leadership position, you're kind of wearing both hats. And I think you made a really good point there that the biggest difference between leadership and management, and it's often overlooked is that leadership always involves leading a group of people. Mm -hmm. And then when we look at management, management is only concerned with the responsibility for things, whether it's fiduciary or technology, or it doesn't matter. It's more of an intrinsic approach. So to be a really, really good leader, you are leading people. And I always joke with my guests saying, you know, it doesn't matter what sector we're in, we're all in the people business. So it's just such a great point. And I'm, I'm glad that you have really taken the bandwidth on this to explain the difference and and bring your own education life experience work experience into this so it's almost like bringing your whole fruition of example and experience um in this book and it must be heartfelt for you to see it now being published
1: oh yeah definitely i mean when when it was on January the 31st that I, I, I had it published, that it got released, and the feeling was was amazing. I've had quite a lot of people um, want to read it, so I've, kept, I've, I've put it on Kindle for free for five days, um, and the response has been, has been brilliant, and I'm, I just hope that the people who are reading it um, take action on what they learn. You know, they don't just read it and then put it in the drawer, or they don't, or put it back onto the Kindle or, or wherever they're reading it from. I hope that I hope that what, what they learn from the book, they take action. And if they're member, if they're leaders of a team, then I hope they share what they learn in the book with the team and also, you know, put into action what what they learn as well.
0: Well, you're certainly giving them a great on-ramp to. Your theory, your examples, and like I said, I'm enjoying reading it. And uh, just want to congratulate you. I'm I'm sure it's quite a Thank feat you. to have that vision, Tom, and and you've brought yep. it to fruition. And and now it's time to celebrate and put it out to the masses, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. I'm Thank gonna you. I'm gonna switch gears now, and I'm gonna ask you what I call my Fab Four, and these are just. Yep four fun questions, what's sitting on the top of Tom's mind. First question, tell us something about Tom that we don't know.
1: Um, Well, before I, it wasn't before, when I I was about 20, um, I just, I was made redundant from my engineer and apprenticeship job i got me i finished my apprenticeship and i went to college and i got all my certificates so i i I did everything i needed to do but i got made redundant because the company went uh, bankrupt and at the time i was playing in a band i'm a guitar player and uh around that time when i just got made redundant we got a record deal in america and we went to los angeles to record the album and we were going to go on tour. And then after about six months, the record company that we were with went bankrupt. <laughs> so my dream of becoming a rock star um, sort of, you know, I had those six months in Los Angeles and then that sort of um, not failed, but, you know, like the, the company went bankrupt and we had to sort of give that up. So when I came back to Liverpool, I got back into the engineering business and that was when I started um, working on my leadership. After after I'd, I'd finished with the um, the music, so not 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 a lot of people know that about me, but um, that I do actually play. I still, I still play the guitar today. I still play at home and you know practice and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was I was so close to becoming a rock star. So th- this book might not have ever got written, gotten written. I could have been writing a book about rock stars.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you where my thoughts went when you said that have you ever thought or considered that your book is going to allow you to be a rock star in the leadership world?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's not what I was looking for. If you know what I mean? I was, I was looking for to help people, but if it, you know, if, if me sort of in, incre- you know, building my reputation and, if that helps people, then yeah. But the, the sole focus isn't about you know me becoming a rock star or any, or, or being famous in the leadership. world. it's about helping people, um, and it's got it's about my just cause. It's about advancing that cause of you know um, creating seeing a world where our leaders create environments um, to, to help to, to, that focuses on people to help them to learn to lead grow and increase their influence so if, if my writing a book and my reputation grows but if that helps me to increase my influence and advance my just cause then yeah I'll be that, that'll be I'll be happy to do that but that's not the reason why I did it if you know what I mean
0: well absolutely I I know that you are a heart-centered leader and I was I was just having a little a little fun with you figuratively but I think what you've done attributively with your writing and your experience I it's going to win over the hearts of many people because I think that we are losing that armor on our chest that you and I talked about earlier in leadership and whether we call it heart centered or highly effective or soft leadership skills we are all in that people business and it's time to really demonstrate more emotional intelligence in alignment with IQ. And I think yep. your book is really going to speak to a lot of people. My, yep. my second question, Tom, is if you had to sit down with the 14 year old version of Tom, what advice would you give him?
1: Um, well, if the 14 year old Tom was around these today, during this pandemic, then the advice I would give 14-year-old Tom would be know where you want to go. And I know at 14 you don't, you know, you sort there's that many things going on with school, Uh, but I've got a nephew who's 15 and the advice I've gave him or or what I want to give him is have a plan, like know, know where you want to go in life, uh, don't wait until you you know you're in your mid twenties like like I, like I did. I mean, and and I did an apprenticeship when I was sixteen, but the reason I did that was because my brother did it, so it was sort of like a way to it was a way to leave school and it was a way to you know get my foot in the door. But I think if you if you, if you're passionate about something like the, like I'm I'm passionate about leadership, and I've got to a stage where now I can write about it because of the experience I've had. But if you if you've got this passion, or you've got this fire burning in you, then then pursue it, go for it. Um, if it if it doesn't make you any money, or if it if it doesn't make you, you know, it, it means you've still got to go and get, go out and get a job while you while you pursue this passion. Then still do that. You know, don't give up on it. Um, you know, you, you've got you've got this passion for a reason, and you've got this fire burning in you for a reason. So, you know don't give up on it and don't give up on yourself that's what I would say
0: well it's such solid advice and there's many people who are in employment situations who want to branch out and really live their vision or their dream and sound advice you can be working in a job and be working on your legacy at the same time And look what you've just done with your book. It's been something that's been sitting in your heart for many years and and you've brought it to fruition. So I think you're, you're giving an indication of, of hope and resiliency and it's sound advice. My, my third question, Tom, is I hear a lot of hope in, in what you talk about and, and in your book, do you have a word, or a mantra, or a vision for
1: 2021? Um, well, my mantra, uh, my leadership mantra, is learn to, um, learn to lead, learn to grow, and learn to increase your influence. Now, the, that, the reason for that mantra is leadership and influence are the same thing, but not a lot of people know that. And with leadership comes personal growth, so I think for 2021, um, because of the year we've just had and the year ahead, I think if we if we can focus on our personal growth, but also our leadership, and and the way to do that, if you don't you know if you don't lead a team or anything like that, it doesn't have to be at work; it can be at home. Um, is help others with their personal growth. You know, because if you if you help someone else succeed, you're actually uh, in you know, by, as a byproduct, you're um, succeeding yourself. So you're, you're you're still creating that success for yourself if you're helping others succeed as well. And I think for 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 the year ahead and the year we've just had, if we can all help each other, um, learn to learn to lead, grow, and increase our influence with each other, then I think you know the world would be in a much better place.
0: Oh, I, I agree with you. And and just going back to basics, you know, reaching out to colleagues and friends and family members that might be having a difficult time, just doing a kind deed for no yeah. reason at all, just those simple acts, random acts of kindness.
1: Yeah. Well, well with the just, I just didn't mean to interrupt, but with, with the act of kindness, um, you've heard of oxytocin. Yes. and it's a chemical in the brain when you when you're kind to someone you, it releases a, a, a shot of oxytocin in our brain and it makes us feel great and even witnessing an act of kindness uh, creates oxytocin in our brain and makes us feel great as well so if you want to if you want to feel great every single day be kind to people
0: <laughs> well it's easy to be kind isn't it it's all yeah. mindset and perception and our ability to make a decision. Yeah, exactly. My last question for you, Tom, is share with us something on your bucket list or an aspiration or a dream that you still have sitting in your heart that you'd like to achieve.
1: Um, I would love, absolutely love, with with my book and, and with with my website and my other things. I would love to become an international speaker. I would, I would, my my dream would be to to speak. On a stage some someday in front of people who who I can help and who 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 want to learn about leadership, want to become highly effective leaders, want to you know work on themselves every single day. I, I would love to to be able to do that. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the likes of John Maxwell, Simon Sinek, you know, all the all the major leadership um, coaches and experts who speak on stage. I, I would love to be able to do that and and help people that way as well.
0: Well, I think that's an exciting goal and we can never use up or max out on our creativity, whether we're creating it, trying to implement it, sustain it. So I wish you all the best. I'm very happy. our, Our paths have crossed another heart centered leader that I'm aligned with. And I just want to wish you all the best with your book and your future success, and I'm sure we will see you on a stage someday, and just want to thank you for your time, and sharing your expertise, and your heart with us.
1: Thank you very much, it's been, I've really enjoyed it, and uh, it's actually made me think a little bit more as well.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what us heart-centered leaders do for one another, we, we help each other be even better than when we met, or since our last conversation, so Thank you for being on the podcast. And I always pick a quote to end the podcast based on my guest and their leadership or their book. And the one that I picked for you that I want to leave with the listeners, Tom, is one by Ronald Reagan. And he says, the greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He is the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. And I think that's all encompassing in who you are, Tom, and in your new book. So we're going to put all the information below in the podcast episode description. So you can grab the book or the ebook. And again, I just want to thank you, Tom, for uh, for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So this is Deb Crow. Thanks for joining me on Imperfect. And we're happy that you're listening to this episode with Tom Lawrence out of London, England. If you like our show, we'd love for you to share it. We'd love for you to give us a rating and a review. And we'll see you next time on Imperfect, the heart-centered leadership podcast.